Welcome everyone to the Russell Show. I'm your host Russell Chaudhry and can't wait to jump in today's podcast episode. So episode number 39, we have a special guest, Lindsay Wood. Lindsay Wood is a gentle but powerful life and executive coach. She specializes in working with women who's secretly struggle with imposter syndrome to help them feel genuinely confident by acknowledging and appreciating their own unique skills and experiences. Lindsay has been coaching for over 9 years in a member of Association for Coaching. has achieved the postgraduate advanced certification in executive coaching the ILM level 7 certificate in executive coaching and mentoring is an i everything and disc certificate trainer as well as qualified NLP practitioner the combination of coaching skills alongside her experience with her corporate career and her own struggle to overcome imposter syndrome means Lindsay is a well placed to support you to improve your confidence through deepening and self awareness and helping you create a life and career that you want as defined by you so in this episode Lindsay will talk about imposter syndrome for a woman and we're going to discuss more deep into it and how Lindsay got out of her imposter syndrome herself so don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on our podcast and share with your friends and family let's dive in hi lindsay thank you so much for coming to our show i really really appreciate it i know you have a busy schedule or taking the time out for me and my audience i really appreciate it so how are you doing today i'm doing very well thank you how are you Yeah, doing much better today. So yeah, Good. super excited for this episode and learn from you and your journey. So obviously you are a life coach, and we talked about it before a little bit about yourself. But obviously my audience doesn't know about more about yourself. So can you just tell us like who you are, what do you actually do, and how you going to the life coaching? Of course, yes. So thank you for the opportunity for coming to speak in the first You're place. Welcome. I'm Lindsay. I am as you said a life and executive coach. Um and I specialize in working with women who are struggling with the imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. And the imposter syndrome we'll go into a bit more detail later but it is that feeling of being a fraud of not being good enough regardless of the evidence to the contrary as to why you are totally okay yeah. to be in the position that you are in. Um I got to this position myself because i had a corporate career um for 17 years in financial services wow. um, absolutely loved everything i did there but yeah. uh, kind of moved around career wise and i took voluntary redundancy and that's when i trained to become a life coach and as part of that training you do a lot of um personal development and mm-hmm. so and i noticed that i actually had a behavioral pattern when i was in um the financial services industry where i would go for um promotions i would go yeah. for opportunities in new projects and then once i'd achieved them sort of three to six months into that i would have this huge crisis of confidence where i started to question whether i could actually do the job anymore yeah. and that just kind of escalated so i then catastrophized the situation that i was going to get fired that i was never going to find a job at that level again um and i would have sleepless nights worrying about the next day i just kind of got myself into this 
anxiety um, and worry cycle. And then after a sort of three to six months, my confidence started to come back as my um, competence grew within that role. And then I'd find that cycle repeated every couple of years when I took on the next promotion or the next project. Um, and with that research is how I found that what I've just described is yeah. called the important syndrome. And that's kind of how I then specialize within that, um, within my career. Well, that's really interesting. Uh, so you find the problem on yourself and you chose to work with other women, like uh, going through that similar situation. So yeah, so how long you've been uh, helping women with going over the same problem they're having? And how long you've been a life coach for? Yes, so I qualified as a life coach in 2012. Okay. Um, then kind of, I suppose if I'm honest, had it as a bit of a, a hobby business um, yeah. for a few years. And then it was sort of 2017, 2018 that I took this to what I considered the next level yeah. and really started seeing private clients um, within my practice. Yeah, that's really great. So overall, like we can say about eight, nine years, you've been actually practicing that and you've become like a full-time last uh, three years. Yeah. yeah. So it's a great way. So who do you actually work with? Is it like a corporate woman who's going over the ladder or like a staying home mom? So who is the ideal clients at the moment? Yeah, so it really does vary. It tends to be more on the career side of things that they, these things arise. Um, though I specialise in working with women, I do work with men as well because um, up to 70% of us will struggle with this at yeah. some point. It isn't just about females, it's just, I think with my experience and background, that's kind of where I naturally saw my, my base was coming from and from a marketing point of view, we're always yeah. told to niche and to kind of get your message out there to a particular audience. Um, so yeah, it tends to be more on the corporate career side of things. Um, it may also be somebody who's self-employed um, or business owners because it's very lonely when you're starting yeah. out. That fear and self-doubt can really um, come in. It can also be women that are returning to work maybe from maternity leave right. or from some of absence because what you may find is they, they have this because their their life is very different now yeah. um they've got to be a mum and they've got to still be a worker and still be efficient what they often find is they feel that they're not doing a very good job in either camp yeah. and it's not the truth but it's how they're feeling about the situation and then they can really feel like they're both being a fraud at being a good mum and a fraud at being a good worker so it's kind of working through and seeing how we can align the fact that they are doing a good job yeah. and that knowing to that feeling of actually inside feeling that they're doing a good job. Yeah. Yeah. So you're basically working with both uh, men and women. So especially with a woman with going through the same situation uh, you was going through. So when was the actual moment you realized uh, I need to make some changes on myself? what was that like uh, light bulb went off <laughs> so I think for me there wasn't necessarily this big epiphany I know some people have the yeah. great 
you know, hero journey story. I think for, for me, I, I'd always been interested in psychology, but knew I didn't want to be working. I did explored the counselling route a few times and knew that that wasn't for me. Yeah. Um, really enjoyed all my careers within the bank, but always also knew that I hadn't found the, the career, as it were, yeah. you know, that one that really lit me up. And I then had an opportunity. I live in Southampton. They um, were offering a free two-day course, the Coaching Academy. And so I kind of went along, didn't really right. know anything about coaching, saw it as an opportunity. That was my light bulb moment, sitting in that room and going, this is what I've been looking for because yeah. it incorporates psychology, how our minds work, but it's forward focused. It's very much where are you now? Where do you want to get to? And how do we get you there? Mm-hmm. And all the reasons I hadn't wanted necessarily to do psychology or counselling was because it's focused in the past and, and overcoming those things. And it's definitely got its place, but it yeah. just wasn't for me. Um, that kind of, yeah, that sitting in that classroom, I was like, this is what I need to be doing. And then that's kind of the catalyst to, to the changes yeah. that I made. Yeah, it's a great change, like a figuring out like when you need to make changes and knowing yourself is most important thing. So I'm going to go to the topic right now. So the topic you chose, which you really you coach on and you specialize on imposter syndrome. So those who our listener doesn't know about it, can you explain to them what actually imposter syndrome is and how is it affecting our life and career? Of course. So um, it's something that has been around for a long time so it was originally or the phrase was originally coined in 1978 by two psychologists Dr Suzanne Imes and Dr Pauline Clance Mm -hmm. they research um, on high achieving academic women and what they found was these women were obviously highly accomplished were doing extremely well in their careers but they didn't believe in their success they didn't believe in themselves and they found that these women would be saying things like, I'm going to get found out, I'm a fraud, I've through some kind of deception, it's pure luck that got me here. And this is then what was the catalyst for their work over the years. Although their original research was around women, further research has been done, as I mentioned, to say that actually yeah. 70% of us will struggle with this at some point in our lives. And it isn't just women that struggle with it it sometimes seems that way because I think women are sometimes more open about their emotions what they're going through than men but it is something that um that can happen to anybody it's also it's not a psychological condition if it was Mm. looking at that psychological spectrum it falls into normal functioning so you don't need to see psychotherapists for this um it, but it is that kind of shared experience. It isn't, again, if we're thinking of that continuum, not at the psychologist's end of things, in normal functioning, but it's not in prime functioning. It's not necessarily where we want to be. Yeah. Um, is where coaching can maybe bridge that gap. And as I said, what we often find is people that are struggling with this, on some level, know that they are good enough. They just don't that they're good enough and that's what that gap right. is 
And it's then realigning that to help them get that real inner confidence to actually feel. Um, this imposter syndrome can ebb and flow over time. So in my own situation, yeah. it's that three to six month learning curve. It can change for everybody. You can also feel it in one aspect of your life and not another. So it's not like you necessarily feel like an imposter in everything you're doing. Yeah. Um, an example could even be, you know, you've got a CEO, they are very comfortable giving presentations to their whole company, it could be thousands of people, but when they have to give a presentation to the board, they may feel like an imposter. So it can right. be really specific sometimes in terms of where these feelings show up and how yeah. they show up for them. So it's, it's like individual things. So it works for a different person in a different way. Sometimes yes. like uh, they're fine with the thousands of people, but sometimes it's 10 people and they're not comfortable uh, dealing with that situation. So do you think it's a, like a confidence issue or? I think there is, it can get confused I suppose with confidence issues within that. And I know yeah. that often we work with people around confidence. I think it is also more around that inner self-worth and that unconditional self-worth yeah. so often what we do is we say i'm worthy if i do x y and z right. so i'm worthy of doing this job if i do that and unconditional self-worth is kind of almost taking away your actions from you as an individual so yeah. that actually it doesn't matter what you do you still love respect and having a confidence in yourself I think that's what we need to work on when we're working with imposter syndrome. Right. So in terms of like uh, when you experienced it, like you mentioned, am I worthy of this job? Am I going to be able to climb the ladder or like, am I getting any growth or am I going to lose the job? So what was the main issue like you having when you're going through the situation? Is it lack of confidence or self-belief? What was it actually? Yeah, so I think it's that self-belief. I think it's, and, and this has come after my own training on yeah. this, it was training. It was, I didn't acknowledge at the time that inner critic, that mm -hmm. self-talk that we've all got all of the time that's going on in our minds. Yeah. Um, and I hadn't tuned into, into that. But when, when you're not tuning into it, it you're you're just accepting what's going on. Yeah. It's I use the example when I did start to tune into it one day I caught myself I dropped a pen and in my head I said to myself you are so stupid and it was said with such venom yeah. and once I tuned into that I was like okay am I stupid or am I just a little bit clumsy is this actually true and then if you think about you know, we know words have power, yeah. bullies, things like that. So actually, if you are saying things like that to yourself all day, every day, and you're not checking in on it, and you're not even aware that this is happening, because I wasn't aware. And yeah. once I tuned in, I realized how many times a day I said to myself, you're so stupid, or you're an idiot. Yeah. Like, what do you, if, if somebody else was saying that to you, you can imagine what the effect is imagine the effect if you're doing it to yourself you are your own bully um so yeah that was kind of I think when once I started to tune into that that's or if I could have tuned into that at yeah. the time 
think I could have then challenged maybe what those thoughts were to then, and a simple question might be, is that true? Right. So in case, you know, the example of dropping a pen, just asking, yeah. is that true? Am I stupid because I dropped a pen? Made me reframe it to maybe I'm a little bit clumsy. Yeah. Or I think nothing at all. And I think that would have been a far, that would have helped but I think all of that self-talk then led to those feelings because yeah. they were unchecked. So it's all about thinking on your head, like what we talk about all the time. So sometimes yes. it's negative or sometimes uncertainty about the future. And also the past experiences, like making us like that kind of situation. And I can totally relate to uh, when I started my business. I felt like a stupid because I quit my job and everything and just gone all in and just about to get bankrupt. Um, Sometimes I feel like, am I stupid? Am I that I don't because I'm not meeting my potential and also like quitting my job at the same time and going after something like we have no experience in. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be work or not. So yeah, I can relate to that. Uh, like you mentioned, like, am I going to lose my this job? Am I going to be able to climb the ladder of it? But same can apply on a business wise as well. So I didn't know why am I doing. So every time I feel like I'm being stupid. I uh, didn't make the right decision I needed to be. So yeah, I think it, it overcomes like with the time, don't you think? It, it takes time, like uh, you need to calm your mind and it's a mindset needs to be changed, right? Yeah, exactly. So it, I think it is exactly that. It's starting to understand what you're doing to yourself and then having the strategy to have a different thought process or something that you can refer to that reminds you why you're doing something in the yeah. first place, why you're good at doing that thing, because there's reasons that you've got to this point and it's reminding yourself of that to counteract yeah. some of that negativity that maybe you're feeling. Yeah. And so like, uh, if someone is like having this problem, what would be like a first step to get out of it? So obviously you coach your clients. So what's the first thing they need to take or like you tell them to do something? What would be the first thing? Yeah, so I think it obviously depends on the individuals. I yeah. think first of all is maybe really exploring what, what, is, what is happening because of the imposter syndrome. How is it showing up for you? What's it maybe holding you back? Yeah so you can start to really get a full extent to how big a problem this might be and also are there patterns as I mentioned it ebbs and flows yeah. over time so you might be feeling it now but actually if we look back has it happened previously and if it's happened previously you've overcome it so actually right. let's are there strategies that you've already had that have worked that we can mm -hmm. use and in this situation because often when we overcome something we forget yeah we move on so quickly we yeah. forget what it is and we don't reflect on it so um yeah initially it's that kind of exploration around what's happening how it's showing up for you because it is like we said it's different for everybody there's different triggers yeah. how we've got to this point and then setting out that road plan for how we move forward mm -hmm. um, then what I generally do is then we work a bit around self-awareness. Um, right. So personally, I use a psychometric test called Everything Disc with people to promote that conversation. Yeah. But 
you know, it's just talking around really how you communicate with people, what triggers you, what stresses you, what motivates you, what gives you energy. Because I think once we start to really understand ourselves, it comes back to that unconditional worth. Actually, who am I? Why am I here? Why am I showing up every day? And the fact that your job isn't necessarily you. It's part of what you do, but it's not necessarily who you are. And starting to see where those differences are. We then maybe do some work around values. You know, Mm -hmm. what's important to you? What do you value in yourself, in other people, in your family, in your life? And then almost that assessment piece about how is your life aligned to that at the moment? Because sometimes we feel like an imposter because the things that really bring us joy are not the things that we're doing on a regular basis. So how do we get that balance back? How do we bring that back? Or how do we change our mindset so a task that we're doing, we can see in a different light that does align to our values within that. Um, And then as we're kind of going through this process, we do reframing of thoughts. I do a lot around positive mental attitude. I'm a really big believer at that bit like you know because I tuned into my own thoughts and I know how they impacted me in a negative way yeah the opposite obviously if you have positive thoughts and you're looking for the positives and you're grateful and you are doing you know three gratitudes a yeah. day whatever that is I think that really does start to tune your mind in to seeing those positives I mean I don't know why we're made up the way we are we've got a, a negativity bias when it's natural for us to see the negative and positives we have to work harder generally yeah. to see the positives but again knowledge is power so if we know that we can put in place and I work with people to say okay what would work for you is it waking up in the morning and mm. you're sitting there thinking about something you're grateful for is it at the end of the day thinking yeah. about those three things that you're grateful for as you you know what I what I do is um when I'm in the car and obviously we can get out a bit more now yeah. and driving if a traffic light is green I always say thank you because that's my <laughs> gut yes yeah. because and it's small but it's when you notice these things yeah just more and more of these things yeah and I think that builds that resilience in again that unconditional. Yeah, all 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 small things adds up, isn't it? So eventually that builds up. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. Um, and also within that positive mental attitude, one thing I would, and it's maybe something your listeners would like to to do, yeah. is to actually start writing down all of your achievements. Mm-hmm. And when I talk about achievements. I'm not necessarily just thinking about the big things in life about you know degree or a job promotion and things but what can you do today that one day you you didn't know how to do yeah everything we can do because with everything there's a learning curve and I take the example of you know driving when you first go to a car it seems impossible you know your hands you know what you're meant to do overwhelming once you've passed your test and you've been driving for a bit if somebody asks you how to drive it's really difficult to even tell them yeah so at a point did and we just 
we go from something that seems impossible to something we do so automatically yeah. and we don't think about it it's not like yeah. one day oh I can do this it just happens and that is the case with pretty much everything we do you know yeah. walking using a computer and so I encourage people to write these things down write down the things because when you next face into a challenge which is doing something new and different yeah. yes it's going to be different but then you've got all of your own evidence all the things you've done previously all the things you've overcome and also that reminder that all of these things take time yeah it's, as adults we're really bad at this learning process we kind of think we go from a to z in 100 miles an hour yeah. <laughs> and again it's maybe thinking about and the reframe is around think about a baby when they're learning to walk how many times do they try and they fall over yeah. we don't we don't let them do it 10 times and then go you gave up stop yeah <laughs> you're, you're not going to be a yeah. walker you're going to crawl for your whole life they just keep going they learn and that is the best example of that growth mindset <laughs> Of I'm just gonna keep going until I get it. Yeah. And we've lost that. We don't think like that. We we kind of almost use it to um reaffirm our imposter syndrome of if I was good, I'd just be able to do it. Yeah. But you've never done it before. Why should you just be able to do it? And I think that reframe around everything takes time yeah. and we be kinder with ourselves is a really important one yeah it's just a process you just a one day at a time and keep moving forward isn't it exactly and exactly. i can relate to uh, like you mentioned write down all of the achievements you had in your past and that's actually really ha happened with my life like i mentioned when i felt like a failure and everything i felt like i'm stupid uh then i went back and thinking like how much i achieved so far in the last five years or even 10 years because i'm originally from bangladesh so I moved when I was 16 years old. So if you heard me when I was 16, everyone making a joke out, uh, joke out of me because of my accent and everything, the word I was saying, and I wouldn't understand none of the English uh, in British accent compared to Bangladesh one. So when I was like five years back, when I think about the business wasn't going well and things like that, I felt like a failure again. But when I look back, like, no, I did well on my graduation. I graduated coming from like a background I have and I've become a school teacher. So small achievement like that. Um, then right now, what am I actually doing? It's comparing to not similar level to in five years or 10 years ahead of the time. But in the past, I can relate to that small achievement is all adds up. And that gives like a boost. Like, look at me, how much I came from the past experiences, what I learned and the achievement I had. So even the small thing, like it, even those sports, if you try or even though like uh, losing weight, for an example, small diet achievement you had like from 65 kg to gone like 61, the 4 kg loss, uh, that could be like a great achievement for yourself. And take it as a career and life, I think is a great way to look at it. Yeah, no, definitely. And as you said, I think every, yeah. um, even when you're going for those bigger goals, and so if you use weight loss as, as the example, you know, mm -hmm. It might be that you've got a bigger amount of weight you want to lose, but actually if you celebrate every bit along the way, yeah. it's 
initiatives, it's chunking everything down into those smaller steps so that you can see that progress. Because sometimes, again, if we've got those really big goals, yeah. just is so out of reach and yeah. it's going to take such a long time to achieve it that we lose motivation and momentum. Yeah. We don't think we're making progress. Whereas if we've made smaller steps, we can see that progress that we're making yeah. and we can enjoy the journey. And it's very cliched, but it isn't that, you know, that end destination is important. Yeah. But why, why wait to be happy or to feel confident or whatever it is until that point? You can feel those things now. And as you make the progress towards that, that end goal as well. Yeah, it's like a, having a big goal, which is great. So you have to have like your vision five years, 10 years. But obviously the future doesn't promise. Like look at last year's coronavirus came and everything is everywhere. Yeah. But you have to have a direction. It's like uh, setting up your satnav. So you know where to go, like from London to Manchester, you have to have the idea where I'm heading to. But there is no like a time frame. Probably it's like four hours drive or three and a half hours. But you don't know there could be an accident on the motorway or could be like a, a traffic or roadworks is going on. Then the journey could be six hours or 10 hours, depends. But what you can do is like have the satnav, you know where you're going and keep moving forward. And same with, again, with the goal achievement or doing something small, like you mentioned. Look at the past, like last 12 years, how much you came from the year after, year before. Even though it's like a 10% 10, 10 growth or 20% growth, now celebrate yourself like you did something compared to the year before that. Could be you can do 50% next year or could be the 100% achieve your goal. So nothing is impossible, but actually achieving it rather than say, oh no, I supposed to lose... Uh, 25 pounds, but I only lost five. At least you lost five, you know. So yeah, it's, make that, yeah. It, it, and it's the, I think it was Tony Robbins that said, you know, if you if you can change by 1% every day, yeah. in just over three months, you're 100% different to where you are yeah. today. It's a small thing counts. Yeah, every, it does. Every little yeah. drops work. So like... Uh, what, what do you see like working with your clients? How long does it actually take for changing their mindset to like creating themselves like a new version of themselves? So how long the process? Obviously, individual would be different, but what's your average? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I actually normally work with like an eight-week program. Um, mm -hmm. So people prefer to do things fortnightly, but yeah, within a couple of months, you can see significant yeah. changes in accepting yourself understanding what your value is being able to show up and doing that homework in between so it's identifying the actions whether it's actually physically doing yeah so for example you don't like giving presentations where you feel like an imposter doing that kind of element it might be it's what's that small step you can take and you build up over that time often it is mindset it's understanding yeah what's that when you catch yourself thinking that what are you going to think or do or how are you going to behave differently as a result because as we know often a lot of these things happen because they have become habits yeah. um, and at some point they've served us because that's how they've become a habit 
they're no longer serving us we need to create new habits new ways of being and that takes time that takes that consistent action to make sure we don't fall backwards and to our old habits and that's where that kind of weekly coaching for example it, it kind of helps keep you accountable yeah. because if you do happen to slip back we can explore that and we can also celebrate those successes along along the way um, and keeping yeah. you on to get to your own goal yeah so like uh, what difference do you see like after going through like let's say a couple of months or three months working with you they change their mindset uh do they feel more confident do they feel like uh, achievement on their career or something what was yeah. success like so i think success generally again is different depending on the individuals yeah. there are things that um have been reported and then it may be in testimonials and things are people feel like themselves again yeah so often it is when we feel like an imposter we we might think well this is this is how i am and we kind of forget that we used to not feel this way so people can start to feel genuine about themselves they feel that they're showing up in an authentic yeah. way that they're reconnected with actually who they are what their purpose is um, as a, as an individual there's an increase in self-awareness so mm. is that tuning into that inner voice it's aligning your life around your values it's really starting to think actually create your life and actually how you want to be and how you want to show up and, and put some conscious thought behind it because in and it's not a criticism but you know many of us we just get pulled along in the current yeah. of life and we're taking that step back and thinking is this actually what i want or actually is there something else is there a different way to to view this situation a different perspective within this yeah. um and as you mentioned, that confidence thing. So I suppose the biggest change is the fact that by the end, they don't have those feelings of being a fraud or being found out, that they are showing up fully in the careers that they love, that they're great at. And if that gap between knowing that they can do the job and feeling that they can do the yeah. job narrowed, and they, they feel that they can do what they need to do. Yeah successful for everyone it will be different so what do you think like is it they need their partner or like anyone need to support them in terms of like going through that change or they just be fine with themselves to make the changes i think often it is a very personal thing so i think it is about empowering the individual to make the changes yeah i think Having a support network is can be very helpful, um, but it's not compulsory within this. So if you've got somebody that can maybe reflect back some of your achievements and is your cheerleader, that can obviously help that reinforcement yeah. at times. Equally, though, sometimes actually having people doing that, depending on how you're experiencing imposter syndrome, can actually be detrimental because if for example you are labeled as um you know a natural genius at something if you've internalized that label anytime that you feel that you are not living up to that it can intensify those feelings 
to sometimes people giving you praise yeah actually intensify your feelings um so and again it's not a criticism it's not a judgment on people we all we all say and do things but it's how that's received by somebody so in some ways um having somebody that's very supportive depending on your imposter syndrome triggers may actually as i said intensify those feelings yeah so like for our audience what would you like to say to them like if anyone's going through the same syndrome imposter syndrome yeah. how so, can start making changes yeah so i think a few things i think the first thing is to remember that you're not alone remember yeah. the statistics that 70 percent of us that's seven out of ten people if this is the first time that you're, you're hearing about it if you just think about your your circle of friends or your family or your colleagues that means potentially seven out of ten of them maybe you're identifying this feeling at the moment yeah. and you have no idea because what you see is them being great at what they do this is that gap between what you do and how you feel so actually nobody knows you this is how you're feeling because you are great yeah. at what you it is just that feeling so I think it is remembering that this is quite a shared experience in the first place um I would really encourage people to keep that log of their achievements having that something to refer back to yeah. something you keep adding to um the, the actual process of writing it is great in itself it can feel a bit uncomfortable to begin with but it also as i said is something for you to refer back to um, and to start to identify patterns and things for yourself about actually yeah i can see that it takes me x amount of time to learn something or in this particular area i feel more uncomfortable than this area so it's that self-awareness coming through and i think the final bit of advice i would give to somebody would be think about a situation if you are struggling with these feelings of where you know you wouldn't feel like an imposter yeah. and then that's what we we're saying create that plan so it's not just about that Pollyanna thinking um as we know I do think positive mindset is really important yeah. but there may be some genuine gaps in your your knowledge or your skills but often it is mindset. So this is where maybe working with a mentor, a manager, trusted friend, a coach is useful for them to kind of sense check you mm. of, do you really need that qualification? Or is it just your mindset shift that you need, for example, on that? Yeah. But once you've got that plan of, okay, I'm here, I want to get to here, here I know I might feel like an imposter, you either work forward or work back, depending how you create your plans, and put those steps in place, but make them small, make them make them a stretch, so you yeah. feel good when you achieve them, but don't make, it's not about going from there to there, it is about what are those small steps in between, and celebrate those successes along the way maybe add them into your success journal as you're going yeah. because it builds that confidence because confidence comes from taking action. And we often have this, I'll do that when I feel confident, but we won't, if, again, if we use um, driving a car, as the analogy. Yeah. If we, I won't learn to drive until I feel confident driving, 
none of us would ever do it. We only build that confidence by doing the actions and correcting and going. And it's exactly the same in anything we do in life. We have to take the actions. We have to get uncomfortable and start to find a way of what are those small steps that we're almost comfortable being uncomfortable in and move forward from there. And I think once you start doing that and you are those actions, you push through and then you will achieve what you want to achieve. Yeah, that's great advice. Thank you so much for that. So we are running out of our time for this podcast. So if anyone wants to work with you or reach out to you, get some advice from you, how they can reach out. You have a website, social media, where would be the best option? I, I do. So I have a website. It's www.lindsayhood.net. I am also on social media, um, on Facebook and Instagram under the handle at Lindsay Hood Life Coach. Yeah, that's great. Thank you so much, Lindsay, for coming to our show and sharing your knowledge and expertise on the subject we talked about. And I wish you good luck with your life and your career. And thanks for being here. Thank you ever so much. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Thank you. So this is a wrap, guys. Thank you so much for listening to our episode. So till then, I'll see you in the next episode. So stay safe, stay healthy. Talk to you soon. Take care.